we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 17th, 2015. Next report. Um, <clears throat> the UN has invaded 190 American cities with covert and unscreened jihadists. The, um, the United Nations and the State Department are behind this invasion of America. So we were looking at the Vatican, the Pope, all the stuff going on in um, how they're trying to come against Israel, create a Palestinian state, yoking up with the UN, yoking up with Turkey, yoking up with Syria, or I'm, I'm sorry, the Palestinian president. And now we're seeing this like absolute total torrent of unscreened jihadists pouring into this country all by design thanks to Obama and his wicked Islamic um, administration that have been put in place primarily. The United States is the equivalent of a... Now, this is... Um, Dave Hodges, I believe, um, writing. Um, the United States is equivalent to a four-letter word in the Middle East. Many people in that region of the world detest and loathe our very existence. Uh, why, you say? Because our government, on behalf of the world bankers and oil companies, have plundered their resources, manipulated their governments, killed millions of, of Muslims, well, with things like DU. They tipped the weapons with depleted uranium. If you don't believe that, Kian, um, Beyond Treason, on the internet, should be able to find it, documentary on all that, that they've used depleted uranium, which has caused massive amounts of birth defects and misery. Okay, So, in other words, they went over there, and because they've wanted to plunder the resources... Our government. It hasn't been about liberating or creating freedom. We've been we've been supplying them weapons. We've been training the terrorists. It's about control of the nation. It's about plundering their resources. It's about creating as much animosity toward America so that when we ship over the Muslim jihadists who are unscreened, they're going to be like a hornet's nest of fury and want to kill every American they can kill when the green light is given. So that they can have maximum order out of chaos, maximum shock and awe when these Muslims are activated. That's why. The CIA may be responsible for funding most terrorism in the Middle East, but there is no shortage of willing participants to join such organizations, such as Al-Qaeda, the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, and now the latest threat, ISIS. In short, the people of the Middle East hate America's guts. Yet the Obama administration is now placing hundreds of communities at risk by transplanting the victims of the United States um, tyranny right into the American backyards without a thought or care to the welfare for the citizens of the country. I'm not saying all of our troops over there are doing evil. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm saying what are the, what are the true motives of our government being over there? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, when you've got literal news reports of our troops guarding poppy fields in Afghanistan, and they say, well, we can't burn them down because it would take away their primary. Oh, really? Wow. That's amazing. And how poppy, the opium production has, has like tripled and quadrupled and went up since we started guarding the fields and making sure that nobody was burning the fields down. Why? Because they could flood the world with more pharmacia. Yeah, that might have something to do with more heroin, more opiates more um, of the uh, things like um, Oxycontin and stuff like that. I, I read this thing about the other day, the, the epidemic of people doing that stuff, which was originally developed as an end-stage end cancer drug, those Oxycontins. And now you got all these kids totally addicted to them. 
literally they're, they're taking like the 30 milligram ones and they crush them up and snort it. And they get so addicted that they're, they sometimes they're snorting 10 or 12 per day. <laughs> I mean, it's total insanity what's going on with the American youth culture out there. And I think they call it hillbilly heroin or something. That's just one of the drugs, the pharmacia, that they're flooding the world with. So, you know, all by design, you know, it's all a satanic agenda to destroy is what it boils down to. Uh, so, going further, in short, the people in the Middle East hate America's guts, yet Obama administration is placing hundreds of these communities at risk by transplanting the victims of United States tyranny right into the American backyards without a thought or care to the welfare of the citizens of this country. This article addresses the insanity and or the treasonous nature of that issue. So the next part is Obama's policy of suicide by immigration. Presently, there is a tsunami of unscreened Muslims pouring in to 190 plus American communities from war-torn areas filled with with the victims of American imperialism who believe that the only good American is a dead American. The most striking aspect of the silent evasion is the federal government has admitted under oath that they have no idea who these people are and what their intentions consist of. <laughs> Just like when they let the illegal aliens pour over the southern border and the Muslims. Ah, uh, you know, whatever. Let's take the border patrol. Let's, let's, let's scale it down. Let's take the bullets away from them. Let's really underfund them let's make it really easy <laughs> so that they can get over here and get all their their uh ms-13 gangs and muslims and all these islamic terror cells ready for the big debut yeah that's exactly what is going on um and they have no idea who these people are they're bringing over when we juxtapose pose obama's position to the multiple scenarios of christian persecution and genocide in some areas of the middle east obama has not lifted a finger to help christians who are being slaughtered at the hands of muslim extremist groups such as isis no of course not you don't care about them he wants them to die he is muslim he is a devil from the pit of hell and he is of his father the devil and of his works and of his lusts he will do you know um Instead, what does Obama do? He plays golf. And here's a picture of, of him playing golf. Him and Biden with a superimposed uh, putting green on the front of the uh, White House, in the front of the White House. Meanwhile, Muslim enemy. But you know what? Obama won't be able to play golf in hell. That I can guarantee you. Him or Biden. There's, there's no driving range in hell, I heard. You know? There's no tee times. There's no driving range. There's, there's no bunkers. There's, there's no fairways and... Stuff like that in hell for golf. So, sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings there. Meanwhile, Muslim enemies are engaged in getting even by killing, raping, pillaging, and torturing innocent Christians. So, everything our government's done over there to inflame things, to train them, to equip them, um, then that it's the Christians that get it taken out on. You know? That's, that's the ones they blame for everything, even though they had nothing to do with any of it. At least that's the excuse they would use. I mean, they'd probably do it anyway, eventually. Because that's just how Islam rolls, you know. Researcher Paul Sperry's work entitled um, Infiltration. How Muslim spies and subversives have penetrated Washington. Okay, he's got, I'm not sure if it's a book or just a presentation that he's done. Um, he has detailed the type of immigrants that we were importing here in the Middle East. Here, 
Paul Sperry details the threat to our communities while appearing on C-SPAN 2. I'm going to go ahead and play this this uh, clip here. It's a little bit dated. Center for inviting me. It's, a it's a little bit dated. Um, he talks about, like, President Bush and stuff. I can't... This was put up on March 24, 2008. So Obama was in office. I'm not sure how much older it is than that. But if... if think about this. If this thing... If this report... Oh, no. This is 72805. This was 10 years ago. Okay? This was 10 years ago. We didn't even have a Muslim president in office then. Okay? Think how much worse it is now. And this was 10 years ago. Honor. Good morning to everyone. Again, Paul Sperry, author of Infiltration. I guess he's, it's a book he wrote. In the wake of the London bombings, as you probably know, the Brits took a poll of their Muslim community and found that an estimated 100,000 of them support the bombers. And fully one in three uh, Muslims there uh, want to see Western society destroyed and replaced by Islamic rule. And those, wherever they move, those numbers will continue to rise. The population of Muslims will continue to rise. The more extremist thoughts, thought lines, and rhetoric will rise because the devil is behind Islam and is always going to be a cancer in any community that it infiltrates. Wow. Good thing we don't have a radicalized Muslim community on this side of the pond. Right? I mean, that's what all the pundits tell us. Conventional wisdom says our Muslim community is less balkanized and much more assimilated and integrated into our culture. Conventional wisdom says our Muslims are hipper, cooler, and Americanized. Conventional wisdom says they don't go in for that terror stuff. Well, unfortunately, conventional wisdom hasn't spent much time in the Muslim community. I have, and so have the dozens of investigators I've interviewed for this book, Infiltration, and they tell a different story. For example, I met recently with a couple of Fairfax County police detectives who work with the NCTC in McLean, Virginia. And they told me a particularly chilling anecdote about the good and decent Muslim citizens in their community. They said they've lost track of the number of times they've gone into Muslim homes and seen personal computers with screensavers displaying Osama bin Laden's picture, as well as hateful anti-Semitic, anti-Christian, and anti-American literature hanging from refrigerators. Nope, no extremism there. You know, a little bit of a red flag there. Outside of Detroit, Fairfax County has the second highest concentration of Muslims in the county, in the country. In Falls Church, Virginia, the good and decent Muslim residents of a luxury apartment high-rise known as the Taliban, Talib, ta, the Taliban Towers, this is it's known by, by uh, local law enforcement, cheered the day New York and Washington were attacked. Their building is so close to the Pentagon, it actually quaked from the impact of the hijacked 757 smashing into the building at 350 miles an hour. Yet they were overcome by joy, not fear. You see why, and I'm pretty sure Japan, you cannot, they will not let Muslims relocate there. I mean, that is the way to handle this. You don't let this evil death religion come into your country at all if you care anything about your country. I'm not saying Japan is Christian, okay? Obviously they're not, but they have enough sense to know that that's not, that's not what you want to do. 
In this same large Muslim community, right across the Potomac from the White House, the good and decent Muslim citizens have put up their homes as bond collateral for jailed terrorist suspects. Most of these suspects bought their own homes in cul-de-sacs to make it harder for investigators to conduct trash covers and other surveillance. Meanwhile, some of their wives have conducted their own surveillance of area bridges and other terror targets using family camcorders. One good and decent Muslim woman lived with her husband, a retired Pakistani intelligence officer, in a half-million-dollar home in the leafy suburb of Fairfax Station, not far from Justice Clarence Thomas's house, uh, in fact. She infiltrated the EPA as a toxicologist studying the harmful effects of pesticides on the human body. She worked there for years, all the while running a charitable front for al-Qaeda in Peshawar, Pakistan. She got government clearance despite lying about her citizenship and despite her husband's troubling ties to Pakistan's intelligence service, an agency that husbanded al-Qaeda. This is just one of many examples of a systemic breakdown in background checks in the federal government, which has left us vulnerable to infiltration by the enemy, which is something I'll return to further on. Let's talk more about cultural assimilation. If you visit the Washington area's largest mosque and false church on some Muslim holidays, you'll find flyers in the parking lot selling goats for sacrifice. In local halal butcher shops, you'll find the carcasses of skinned goats on display in the meat counter window. They stare back at you with their teeth bared, tongues hanging out. In local Muslim bookstores, you'll find Arabic-English dictionaries with pages containing the word Jew or Yehudi in Arabic ripped out. This is where the supposedly well-adjusted Muslim citizens of one of, the, of America's richest and most cosmopolitan counties shop. Meanwhile, their supposedly moderate and patriotic leaders are circulating CD-ROMs in area mosques, warning Muslims not to cooperate with the FBI under any circumstances. And over at the FBI's Washington field office, our trusted Muslim translators are circulating memos demanding separate restroom facilities so they won't get dirty using the same potties as infidel agents. Of course, having said all this, there are indeed moderate Muslims in America, millions of them in the sense that they don't personally act out on the violent commands prescribed by the Quran. But of those who are devout, most... But again, I've mentioned that before. I believe a certain percentage of them are nothing more than Trojan horses here to establish a beachhead for Islam, which they're told to do. This is called stealth jihad. Okay, they appear to be non-radicalized Muslims, but on, on, that's just what they appear to be. They say in the Quran that, that Allah was the best of all deceivers and that they are to emulate their leader, Allah. Okay? So, a lot of that is just pure, um, just deception, period. And a lot of them maybe don't want to uh, quite go all this way, but I guarantee you they're going to fall in line when the time comes. I mean, do you see mass protests of, of, from Muslims in any country that is becoming and has become radicalized? Where are all the moderate Muslims protesting in the streets against the radicalization of Islam? I don't see those protests. Do you? Well, see, the proof is in the pudding. There is no protest. There is no mass uprising against them. Because deep down, that's what they want. And at bare minimum, it's what they're going to go along with. Guaranteed. Worship at mosques, the preach an orthodox and militantly anti-American brand of Islam called Wahhabism. In fact, 
eight out of ten moths in America are hardline Mojave moths. Little wonder the hijackers got aid and comfort from seven moths coast to coast, including from some Muslim brothers who knew what they were up to and helped them anyway. And investigators tell me a great many of them are led by the members by members of the radical Muslim Brotherhood, a secret worldwide jihadist movement, and they're trained and sponsored by the Saudi government. The brothers' credo, you should know, is the Quran is our constitution, and jihad is our means, and death in the way of Allah is our dream. Our dream. And by the way, some of the, the, the pathing of members of, of the Muslim Brotherhood include um, Abdullah Azam, who is uh, bin Laden's uh, spiritual mentor, uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who is the 9 uh, 11 mastermind, and uh, Dr. Uh, Ayman Zawari, who's uh, uh, bin Laden's spiritual advisor now and is number two in command of Al Qaeda. These, all, these guys are all members of the Muslim Brotherhood. If their flocks aren't radicalized by now, it's just a matter of time because their leaders are almost never defrocked, not even when they come under a terror cloud. They only rise in stature within the Muslim community. Witness the case of Ali al-Tamimi, a native of Washington, D.C., who headed a hardline mosque in Fairfax County. He solicited treason by recruiting local Muslim men to kill U.S. soldiers overseas. He said the 9-11 attacks were justified and called for the end of America. He described the crash of the space shuttle Columbia as a good omen for Islam. There's no doubt he did what he did and said what he said. His own lawyer admitted his remarks were obscene and offensive. Yet the good and decent members of the Muslim community, the local Muslim community, came out in force, in force, to support Tamimi at his trial earlier this year. And last year, hundreds from the local Muslim community showed their support for another pillar of the community, Muslim political leader Abdurrahman Alamudi. Even though prosecutors found the identities of seven known terrorists on his Palm Pilot, and even though they secretly recorded him bemoaning the fact that bin Laden hadn't killed enough Americans. Even when Alamudi confessed to plotting terrorism, the lo- Okay, and again, this whole thing about 9-11, I understand that, that Islam was blamed. I understand they were very, very happy about it. And then these people did celebrate. But these um, Muslim guys with box cutters didn't get on board these planes and, and with pinpoint precision fly these planes into the, the World uh, Trade Centers in the Pentagon, okay? Key in, um, 9-11, loose change in on the internet if you dispute that or if you doubt that. And watch that documentary. It's just one of the many, many, many meticulously uh, documented documentaries that go into 9-11. You've also got architects for 9-11 who are architects saying that there's no way those buildings could have come down the way they came down. They were obviously pinpoint, precise, controlled demolitions, Okay, it was all done for theater, for effect, and um, to take away our rights through the Patriot Acts and things of this nature, and then to blame everything on Islam and to have an excuse to go over there and do what they're doing, even though we've actually went over there and funded them. We were working with Bin Laden, okay? I've went over this many, many times, okay, regarding Bin Laden. Bin Laden had already been dead back in, uh, back in the early part of that um the 2000s or whatever anyway um really everything that we're shown on tv regarding these types of major events is a lie okay is islam real oh yeah it's very real okay and uh, i would never dispute that but kian again loose change 9 11 
uh, for a really good documentary that surmises a lot of what I just talked about. Local Muslims completely ignored evidence of his evil deeds and accused the government of leading a Zionist witch hunt. Even as Alamudi was carted off to prison for supporting terrorism, they held him up as a martyr. This is a reflection of something terribly rotten, not just in the Muslim leadership in America, but the community it represents. Clearly, these Muslims are not being misled. The unpleasant truth is they agree with their leaders' anti-American activities. Heck, they even cheered on suspected al-Qaeda operative Abu Ali at his recent hearing in Alexandria, Virginia, even though he's confessed to plotting to assassinate President Bush. At the same time, they jeered the prosecutor in the case as a tool of Zionists. It just so happens that Ali graduated from the same Saudi-run Islamic school in Alexandria where the nation's top book consultant on Islam taught. Her husband, Osama Amir, is still teaching at the school, which instructs students to hate Jews and Christians. That's right, parents would be shocked to know that a Muslim activist on the Saudi government payroll is indoctrinating their children into Islam in their public schools. Not private, public glossing over all its ugly warts like jihad, which she defines as a personal struggle against sin like quitting smoking and not holy war against non-Muslims. This Muslim activist posing as a scholar, Susan L. Douglas is her name, and don't be fooled by her wasp-sounding name, has also written lesson plans used in public schools that have students praying on prayer rugs and reciting verses from the Quran. Her role plan. And again, that was that was back in 05. <laughs> so you can imagine how much worse it is today. Now, I did find a link on that thing about Japan in, in how they don't allow Islam. You can, you can think if you're there in a temporary work visa, but they do not allow Qurans to even be brought in or any of that stuff. Um, so there's a whole link on it I'm supplying here. Sperry, okay, and then going back to the main report, Sperry, also the, the guy that you just heard talking, Sperry, also cites how we know from the testimony offered by the FBI that they are not being allowed to perform their duties of protecting American communities from would-be unscreened terrorists as expressed in a recent radio interview uh, in which the FBI agents have admitted under oath that they have no idea who and what they are letting into this country. Um, the next part of this report is entitled the united nations and the state department are behind the invasion of america the following is one of the most stunning videos i've ever seen in some time with regard to the radical unscreened extremist muslim invasion of america remember i said before about the un and all these flowery plans they have laid out for the planet and how i said you know they're the ones creating the vast majority of evil on planet earth or pushing for that and yet they turn around and act like they're so self-righteous and trying to do all these wonderful things when they themselves are the fountainhead of most of this evil. So the this um, these, this program to bring in unscreened extremist Muslims is has its roots in the United Nations and the State Department's willing accomplice. So let's listen to this now. Ann Corcoran, Center for Security Policy on Refugee Resettlement. It's been over seven years since a church group from another state brought a couple hundred refugees to the rural county where I live. I wanted to know, how could they do this? 
What was the governmental process that allowed the resettlement of refugees to a county ill prepared? Notice a church group doing this. The 501c3 Corporate Church of America is increasingly getting on board with this program and literally facilitating all of this to happen. They're bringing them in. They're they're bringing them and trying to assimilate them into the communities. They're offering the, the particularly the Catholics. I, I got into this uh, one or two studies ago where we gave you all this information and gave you this big long list of all the all the organizations that are doing this in every state. I mean, in North Carolina where I'm at, it, there was I don't know eight, nine, or ten, and they were all like Catholic and Lutheran and mostly Catholic being the literal vehicle for this to happen. I think they're doing this because under the guise of religion, they could say, oh, it's compassion. Yes, it's compassion to bring in people that want to annihilate um, us and kill us and, and, and bring us under subjection and behead our wives and children and rape. It's, it's compassion to want that to happen and, and to not screen them and to just look the other way because that's the right Christ-like thing to do. They're all here illegally anyway. But then again, you know, that's going on at the border, and it has been for years. Prepared to assimilate them. Employment opportunities were scarce. The health department was not familiar with illnesses and mental health problems of people who came from parts of the third world. The They're also bringing their diseases with them. That's another reason they want to bring them in here, just like the, the uh, unscreened um, illegal aliens coming in from Mexico and Central America, which we've gotten into that subject before as well. School system was not prepared to teach large numbers of students who didn't speak English, and subsidized housing was scarce. I wanted to know who gave permission for what amounted to a dropping off of needy people in our county seat. So I began my research and posted everything I learned to a blog, Refugee Resettlement Watch, so that others might know what I learned about a federal program that is 35 years old this year. In summary, I discovered that the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees was choosing most of our refugees. And from the most radicalized areas on the planet. And again, look who's behind it, the United Nations. It's under the influence of a powerful Muslim supremacist group called the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. I mean, it's, it's under the, the UN, under the influence of, the, of one of the most radicalized Muslim organizations, and that's who's... I mean, I'm sure nothing could go wrong with that. And see, this is the kind of brave new world they want to create, okay? And, and America is, in, is really at, at the chief um, epicenter of the destruction that they want to bring. Not surprisingly, a large number of U.S.-bound refugees are coming from countries with large numbers of people who hate us, including Somalia, Afghanistan, Iraq, and soon from Syria, just to name a few. The U.S. State Department then distributes the refugees to nine major federal contractors, six of which are so-called religious... So, Church World Services, Ethiopian Community De uh, Development Council, these are the ones that are, I believe, greasing the skids to bring all them in. Episcopal Migration Ministries, Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, International Rescue Committee... all are largely funded from the U.S. Treasury. They're not placing the plate on... U.S. Commission on something, Lutheran Immigration Refugee Services, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, World Relief Corporation. So again, it's all behind the facade of some ministry or some church organization yoked up with the United Nations. What a match made in hell. Sundays for the $1 billion price tag for the resettlement. And that figure... $1 billion for the resettlement. That's probably very conservative. So it's your taxpayer money... Funding your own destruction.
does not include the extensive welfare benefits refugees receive. The refugees are then... Just like the illegal aliens, they get everything free. Hey, free healthcare, free this, free that. Sure, we're going to bring you over, we're going to set you up, we're going to let you get your little terror cells going, we're going to, you know, until you get that green light to commit, you know, open jihad and, you know. ...sent to over 190 cities and towns in the U.S. where the... Five largest states with the largest refugee, Islamic refugee population. Texas is at the top. California, two. New York, uh, three. Uh, Michigan, four. Florida, five. Nine major contractors support 350 subcontractors. The refugees receive help from the subcontractor for up to six months, and the subcontractor then submits paperwork to admit the relatives of the first group. As the years have passed, I've become increasingly alarmed by the percentage of problematic Muslim refugees admitted and distributed around the U.S. through this program. By the way, the refugee resettlement program is not the only one used for legally admitting Muslims, but it is one of the most important. Many are forming cities within cities. Perhaps you know one where you live, where mosques are being built to consolidate, train, and promote a growing American Muslim population and its Islamic supremacist doctrine called Sharia. This process of Muslim colonization is called the Hijra. Mohammed told his followers to migrate and spread Islam in order to dominate all the lands of the world. He said they were obliged to do so, and that's exactly what they were doing now with the help and support of the UN. See, that's why they're doing this. Because it's a mandate from the Quran. You know, from Muhammad, the, the devil pedophile prophet. That's why they're doing this. They're commanded to do it. Even the ones that are supposedly moderate. They're just here to get a beachhead. To get a foot, a toehold. The U.S. State Department and the Christian and Jewish groups assigned to seed them throughout the country. Your tax dollars pay for it all. I've written this little book, Refugee Resettlement and the Hijra to America, so that you will know what is happening to us and what we can do about it. We only need to look to a troubled Europe to see the path ahead for America if we can't stop this migration and stop it soon. There's no reason on earth that we should have brought over 100,000 Somalis and another 100,000 Iraqi Muslims to America. Soon we will be resettling Syrian Muslims in large numbers. The UN at the moment has over 10,000 in a pipeline destined for our towns. The FBI told Congress recently that they cannot be properly screened. If you don't help counter the Hijra, we are, in my opinion, doomed. Over time, this migration will be more devastating to your children and grandchildren and to our country than any terrorist attack could ever be. Learn more at Refugee Resettlement Watch and SecureFreedom.org. Okay, so that was that particular video there. So I tried to find, like, a good website for her in... Um, yeah, Re Refugee Resettlement Watch dot WordPress dot com is about the only one I could really find. The Refugee Resettlement Watch dot com. It doesn't. I couldn't get it to come up. It doesn't look like it's a valid website. Um, so, you know, she's got some things in there about the uh, this thing that just happened where I, I put this out on my email. The DHS, the Department of Homeland Security bus carrying Somalis looking for asylum in the U.S. That was just documented the other day um, over at uh, Alex Jones and a uh, whole bus of Somali refugees seeking, quote, asylum, you know, and blacked out, the bus with blacked out windows and, you know, 
I mean, they're bussing them in. They're bringing them in. They're flying. I mean, this is so evil. They're doing this all on purpose. Every bit of it. Just more, I mean, I hate to say it, but in this case, the vast majority is just, you know, is Muslims that hate our guts. So, yeah, this is, this is what our own country is doing to us right now. Uh, so let's go further here. The main person behind this abomination that we were just talking about, this refugee resettlement, is Antonio Guterres, who is the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. His job is the deculturalization of European nations and the United States. Um, meaning your culture, your indigenous culture means nothing. In America it would mean like, okay, forget patriotism, forget the Constitution, forget the Bill of Rights. All that matters are these illegal aliens we're busting in and bringing in. All that matters is not offending Islam and not offending the the, uh, the gays and the pro-abortion crowd and the illegal aliens and whatever manner of thing, just don't, you know, don't offend them, adapt to their cultures, they don't have to adapt to yours, and like it. Essentially, that's what they're, what's they're, they're telling us. This invasion has impacted 190 American communities and is growing by the day. There are over 10,000 anti-American Somali refugees in 10 years who have been settled in Minnesota uh, alone. In the first four months of this year, we have admitted 4,425 Somalis to America. And those are just the ones they know about. They don't know about the ones like on these buses coming in. These numbers are probably extremely conservative that we're giving you here. Antonio Guterres is the head of the of the UNHCR, and he is responsible for sending 9,000 Muslims from anti-America Syria to Boise and Twin Falls, Idaho alone. This man and his organization are your enemy. Here's a picture of this slime bag. Sorry, but that's what he is. I mean, these people are nothing but pure evil. And, um, yeah, the Idaho thing, she just put up one on uh, two days ago. Um, Idaho newspaper, no worries about Syrian, ref Syrian refugees coming to Twin Falls, just paranoia. You know, that's that's what they're, they're saying here. Um, said over 53% of the respondents so far have voted yes. They're very concerned about Syrian refugees brought to Twin Falls. But those people are just paranoid, according to the talking heads. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. And they're, and they're all here for, for wonderful intentions. Secretary of State John Kerry and Nancy Richards are the UN's accomplices in these devastating immigration policies. Is this why we are seeing with ever greater frequencies these kinds of scenes inside the United States? It has a picture of John Kerry and that lady. And it has pictures of UN... Uh, they look to be prison cars almost. Um, uh, they look like armored vehicles on semis in America, UN, white UN tanks in America. How long will it be until these pictures are commonplace inside of the United States? Well, they're getting to be it as it is, as, as many reports as I've got back. And then, and then this, and it shows up uh, basically a makeshift concentration camp. Um, Tenth City. We have already had an ISIS attack on American soil in Garland, Texas. The FBI director has admitted to the fact that the FBI has opened ISIS terror cells in all 50 states. Last summer, I documented the flow of MS-13 gang members into the United States. For 30 months, I have detailed a Russian troop presence in our country, complete with pictures, eyewitnesses, government documents, and videos. The UN's refugee resettlement is merely the light, latest in the implementation of a fifth column force inside the United States. A fifth column force is any group of people who undermine a larger group, such as a nation or a besieged city. 
from within. This is what this is all about. Bringing all of these evil elements into our country as a fifth column. All these evil elements that hate our guts, okay, to undermine and ultimately destroy America from within when the green light is given. Can you imagine what America is going to be like when, when, they, when the green light is given on this thing? And all these groups come out of the shadows at once. And most likely that's going to be the way it goes down. This invasion has currently reached at least 190 American cities and towns. In a future article, these groups will be tied together with regard to the common purpose as well as detailing how Jade Helm will factor into this scenario. And that's from Dave Hodges. And here's all the, the end notes, all of the things proving and documenting what we just talked about today. There's 14 different links here regarding all of this. He's, he's really good at meticulously footnoting everything that he talks about. Uh, so we have that going on. This was just a comment on Steve Quayle's website. Uh, note the ramp up to the fall events. Navy SEAL um, equals Georgia Guidestones are underway with population reduction. Navy SEAL says Georgia Guidestones are underway with population reduction. What did Henry Kissinger say? Quote, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls the money can control the world. End of quote. The H5N8 bird flu strain has been implemented to kill off, to kill food supplies off, to limit availability, and to control the amounts of distribution. We're under the worst bird flu outbreak the country's ever known. Way worse than when I did my tour back in 06. Way worse. We didn't really even have anything happen as a result of that in this country very little compared to what we have now i mean if you got my last health newsletter you know biggest bird flu outbreak is devastating the poultry industry again it's all by design all these droughts being created out in california where we get we get all of this agriculture from all by design lake mead being dried up all that stuff total unbelievable drought conditions and again, yes, it, it, um, it, it's they're creating it, but it's it's God letting it happen, most likely because we're under judgment. You know, um, not to say, you know, we shouldn't pray for rain for those areas. You know, but do as the Lord leads you. You know, uh, there's also good people out there as well. You know, and so it's just a it, it's really a satanic plan to just um, ultimately take away all of our freedoms. So he says this H5 um, bird flu strain has been implemented to kill off food supplies, to limit availability, control the amounts and distribution after the reboot. It's after that order out of chaos. What a bunch of evil devils. And notice, it's all on the increase as we push closer to the end of the year. Again, seen a lot about summer into September into fall. Hopefully, I'm wrong about all of it, but it's not me saying it. It's all of these things, all this handwriting on the wall, Jade 15, all these things I keep reporting on on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, so just important to draw close unto the Lord, get your house in order. If you have a bug-out plan, make sure that you're in a position to implement said bug-out plan. Um, pray for divine discernment. Pray for divine providence. Pray for discernment and, and wisdom for the body of Christ. And, and that God would open the doors no man could shut and shut the doors no man can open in regard to what his will is for the body of Christ. You know, um, so praying for each other is super important. 
Okay, so let's go further here. Um, California, okay, so we're going to switch gears here now. Yeah, we're going to switch gears, but I still have time, so I'm going to keep going. California Senate passes mandatory forced vaccination law. The Senate has. Okay. While tyrants move full steam ahead to allow only neurotoxin-contaminated children, contaminated children in school. The Golden State has just, this is really, really major, because if they can do this, this is the absolute satanic vaccination toehold that I have been screaming about and warning about for years. The Golden State, California, just inched one step closer towards full medical tyranny after the state Senate, heavily influenced by Merck, prostitute Senator Richard Pan, like, you know, the, the god of uh, fertility, devil perverted god Pan, Seder, yeah, Richard Pan overwhelmingly voted in favor of passing Senate Bill 277 to eliminate personal belief exemptions for vaccines. The San Jose Mercury News supports the SB 277 received overwhelming approval in the state Senate. This is pretty scary stuff here. Overwhelming. It wasn't even close. And we'll now move on to the California Assembly for consideration. Despite massive opposition from California parents, if passed uh, by the Assembly, the bill is expected to be signed into law not long after it is done and subjecting millions of California school children to forced vaccinations against the will of their parents. Now we're talking vaccination at gunpoint. Now we're talking vaccination or go to jail. This is the point we're at. Vaccines are necessary to protect us, stated disingenuous Senators Richard Pan of Sacramento and Ben Allen of Santa Monica. May the Lord Jesus Christ rain down his fury on these fork-tongued devils and all their devil ilk. The two sellouts responsible for spearheading the bill, which passed, and it's just so important for Satan to get these vaccines into our children. To defile them, to defile their DNA, to bring curses on them, to get that pharmacia witchcraft in their system, to get all these vaccines cultured off aborted babies into them, and all that aluminum, and that mercury, and that formaldehyde, and all the other garbage that's in there, the squalene, and all the other garbage they're using. It's just so near and dear and important to Satan to see that happen. So this devil, these devils are responsible for spearheading the bill, which passed 25 to 10. That protection has been eroding, meaning the vaccines are necessary to protect us. He says that protection has been eroding. The science is clear. Vaccines are safe and efficacious. Oh, really? Wow, that really flies in the face of every single report I've ever put out documenting that they're nothing but straight from the pit of hell. pure evil and there you have it folks if senator pan who was recently exposed for accepting bribes from merck and company the purveyor of gardasil and a host of other deadly vaccines if he says vaccine jabs are good for you and safe then they must be 
His support for SB277 couldn't possibly have anything to do with being on the vaccine industry's gravy train kickback payroll, right? No, of course not. He's a righteous, righteous man, obviously, and all these other devils that sold California out. It's a sad testament to the state of civil service in our country when sleazy politicians on the special interest dole can get away with making unsubstantiated and flat-out false claims like vaccines are safe and efficacious, while thousands of children continue to suffer excruciating illness as a result of vaccine damage. And here... It says, um, I, I posted this in here, contact the traitors who betrayed Californians by voting for SB 77. The following California state senators voted in favor of SB 277 to eliminate personal belief exemptions for vaccinations. If like I had intercessor teams, I would say, just please pray for every one of these by name. The fear of God being them, you know, uh, that they repent of their wickedness, that if it be possible, their souls be saved. You know, I mean... <laughs> But um, that they're not able to further implement their wicked, evil agenda anymore. Their district office contact information is below. I mean, there's a ton of them. I'm not going to list. I'm not going to go over any of them. There's a whole bunch. The information is there. It's going to be on about page 16, 17, 18 of the PDF for May 17th, 2000 and uh, 2015. Going further. So, you think this can't happen in America. 500 parents are jailed for vaccine refu refusal in Pakistan. The, Gardasil, the Guardian is reporting uh, that this just happened March 4th of this year. Guardian is reporting the health officials in Pakistan are arresting and throwing into jail hundreds of parents who refuse to allow their children to receive the oral polio vaccine. These health officials are following, forcing the children to receive the vaccine at gunpoint. Now, if you ever watched my presentation on the avian flu uh, from 06, I have slides in there about how they've been doing this in Africa for years. Vaccination by gunpoint. In third world Africa where they can get away with this type of beta testing to see what kind of public reaction they're going to get. So that this is, this is the ultimate agenda with the vaccines. Vaccination by gunpoint. Or jail. Just to emphasize the point here, these are the parents of the children who are being rounded up and thrown into jail in Pakistan. Not terrorists, not murderers, not thieves, but parents who do not want their children to receive this evil devil polio vaccine. Could we see armed healthcare officials roaming the streets of cities in the U.S., forcing children to be vaccinated against the wishes of their parents at gunpoint? Absolutely. The rationale and the legal framework for such actions are already in place to do just that. And now we're seeing it actually implemented now. We're going to be, unfortunately, it looks like. Children around the world vaccinated at gunpoint. Is the U.S. heading in the same direction? Um, here we see a picture of a healthcare worker giving a child a polio vaccine to a child in Peshawar, Pakistan. At the threat of gunpoint. They've got a these poor little girls and this Muslim devil witch woman putting this oral polio vaccine down these poor little like three-year-old girls they're both bawling and there's a guy standing there who looks you know way bigger with a machine gun in his hand with like army stuff on watching this happen i mean if that's not evil i don't know what is 
I hate evil. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. That's one part of the fear of the Lord. I hate evil. I'm not saying that, you know, I don't struggle with evil or I'm perfect or whatever. And I hate that. Okay? And that's why the Bible says about Paul, you know, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? But the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and I can't stand evil. I can't even imagine how God must feel as far as on a righteous, indignant level. The Guardian reports Farooz Shah, a spokesman for the district administration in Peshawar, said 471 people had been imprisoned in the city and the surrounding villages under government orders on charges of endangering public security. Oh, they're, they're not vaccinated. We're all going to get infected. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. If you're vaccinated, what do you got to worry about me for? It doesn't matter. You're going to infect me and contaminate me, even though I've been infected and contaminated by the very vaccine. I'm actually the one that's the vector for spreading the infection, as we're going to see. Parents targeted by, by police. This is why it's so important to really try to educate other people about this. I mean, because if there's enough resistance and pushback, they're going to have a really hard time implementing this in America. Education is key. And prayer. Open their eyes, God, that they may see their lost estate and get saved. And then also see these other issues, which are satanic in nature. Four hundred seventy-one people have been imprisoned in the city and surrounding villages under government orders on charges of endangering public security. These hypocritical devils, parents targeted by police, were not arrested if they agreed to vaccinate their children. Well, of course, you know. Well, that that's 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 mighty nice of them, you know. This is the first time such drastic action was taken. Uh, this Feroz Shah said, a spokesman for the district administration in Peshawar. This shows the determination of the government to eradicate polio. Oh, really? Really? We're going to look at that in a second. As can be seen in the photo above, the oral polio vaccine is being given right on the street and not even in clinics. This was right in the, somebody's front door. They come to your front door at gunpoint and say, here we are. Your children are going to receive this oral polio vaccine now, or you're going to jail, mom or dad. How would, okay, oh, this is so exasperating. How would the healthcare, how would the healthcare worker even know the vaccine history of these children? How would they even know? They're just going door to door. Do they have pre-existing conditions that would make them a risk, the vaccine a risk to harm to them? Yeah, a pulse would be a pre-existing condition that this thing would do harm to them. Because it will do harm to everyone they give it to. There is a huge demonic component that you're not seeing with these vaccines as well. And they, they, nobody ever talks about that. And I say nobody because I've never heard anybody really ever talk about that. I, I know I have on that it's just something i've been convicted about i really believe there's a huge evil component with them it would seem such basic health questions could not be answered when the order to vaccinate every child by force right on the street with no objections allowed yeah no objections allowed you do it now or go to jail 
So, is there a polio epidemic in Pakistan? Last year, 2014, polio made headline news because the World Health Organization declared it was now an epidemic in certain parts of the world. And Pakistan was claimed to be an area especially hit hard. Just like the non-existent measles epidemic that we just experienced. The only ones that have died are the measles, the people that have received the measles vaccine. There's been no deaths of natural measles in America in the last 10 years. Yet we have all of this garbage shoved down our throat that we've got to be vaccinated and how dare us and we need to prevent this epidemic and what kind of parent are you? When the only ones that are being killed are the ones receiving the vaccine. And that's the very vaccine, that MMR vaccine, that I documented is one of the most wicked, evil vaccines that there are. Two different parts of the MMR vaccine are cultured off aborted babies, aborted fetal cell lines. Genetically modified protein used in the vaccines. Who knows what other hellish things are going into these things? What kind of nanotech? The sorcery involved. They're literally trying to defile our DNA through vaccines. It's the only one of the mo- only ways they can get something straight into our bloodstream. It's one thing if you inhale it. It's another thing if you ingest it. There are natural things in the body that will deal with that to a certain extent. But when you inject it right into somebody's bloodstream, you're you're bypassing all of those systems and you're dealing straight with our DNA. You're you're defiling it on right right from an internal standpoint that's why that's why it's so important for satan to have all this happen (sighs) unbelievable let me see where i left off here sorry so pakistan was claimed to be hit especially hard by this this epidemic why don't they call it a pandemic worldwide as usual anti-vaccine parents were blamed for this worldwide epidemic so how bad was this quote polio epidemic that who declared in 2014 well in may of 2014 when they made the announcement which was carried as headline news in most of the u.s mainstream media outlets because they're all satanic whores sold out to that agenda there had been 74 cases of polio in the entire world 74 this is this worldwide pandemic why they're throwing people in jail 74 cases in the entire world for 2014 wow 59 of those cases were in pakistan so that's why they said it's an epidemic in pakistan today as of february 25th 2015 when, when this report was written there have been 10 cases so far worldwide. 10. As of February 25th. Almost two months into the year. But nine of those are in Pakistan. I could find no cases of any deaths worldwide due to polio in recent years. No cases. So it's causing no deaths, just like the measles naturally had caused no deaths, only the ones that had been vaccinated with the measles vaccine. No deaths at all. And that's why it's an epidemic. And almost guaranteed, any cases that did happen were ones that were either vaccinated for the measles or the oral polio or ones that came in close contact with them afterward in which they were a vector to spread the very thing they got vaccinated against by the process of viral shedding. So they create the problem. 
And they blame it on the unvaccinated when it was the vaccinated that spread it. All by design. Polio, compared to the top 10 causes of death worldwide in 2012, according to the WHO. Here's the chart. Polio deaths in 2012. Zero. Zero. This is the epidemic that we have to battle. Ischemic heart disease, number one. Seven million deaths worldwide. Stroke, 6.2 million deaths worldwide. Lower respiratory infection, 3.2 million. COPD, 3 million. Diarrheal diseases, 1.9. That's just a lot of times with the diarrhea, that's low zinc. Just a good zinc given to those third world countries would prevent a ton of those diarrhea deaths from dehydration. Now, I understand they're deficient in everything, most likely, but... And then we go, you know, down the list, down the list, down the list, and polio's at zero but it's an epidemic. We, we need to drop everything and go run screaming out the door with our hair on fire. But see, they want to push their devil vaccines on us so they'll make up anything and create any kind of whatever in order to try to advance their satanic, slimy agenda where facts could matter, don't matter one bit. So is this an epidemic of global proportions that we're hearing about? Is this justification for authorities to roam the streets in Pakistan and force people by gunpoint to receive the vaccine and throw hundreds of parents into jail if they don't comply? This measles epidemic in the United States pales by comparison in terms of absurdity in, in using fear tactics to justify forced vaccinations, one must ask, who is actually profiting from this? Well, of course, it's the vaccine makers and the UN and all of these other satanic high organizations. They're, they're getting rich. They're defiling the populace's DNA. They're reducing lifespan. They're giving them diseases. They're giving them autoimmune diseases. They're bringing them under control of, of the medical cartels. There's a huge, a gigantic demonic component to these vaccines. It's, it's a win-win-win for these wicked, evil, satanic organizations pushing these vaccines. UNICEF, which partners with the WHO, World Health Organization, for global vaccine purchases and distribution is one of the largest purchasers of vaccines for worldwide distribution. In 2013, for example, they purchased 1.7 billion doses of the live oral polio vaccine to administer to children under the age of five. See, they had a lot of vaccines to sell. So they're going to they're gonna force people at gunpoint to take them because they have to make sure that they get rid of all this, these satanic vaccines, you know, and make maximum profit margins. The oral polio vaccine is banned in Western countries due to dangerous side effects. Did you know that? Yeah, the oral polio vaccine is so dangerous that it is no longer used in developed countries like the U.S., but it is mandated, purchased, and distributed in poor countries. Why? Well, the poor countries, they want to kill them off. They want, I mean, they're useless eaters. They want to kill off the poor countries. And they're where they're beta testing all this stuff. The real tragedy with live oral polio vaccines is that they can cause the very thing they're supposed to be preventing. Polio, both the vaccine-associated paralytic poliomyelitis and the non-polio acute flaccid paralysis are known side effects of the live 
oral polio vaccine. So that causes the very thing that supposedly you have to have to be inoculated against it. Um, it sheds the virus from the vaccine through the feces and into sewers and sanitation systems. India recently achieved its polio-free status, supposedly, but at the cost of tens of thousands of non-polio acute flaccid paralysis each year. Oh, well, you know, hey, I guess that's the breaks, you know. So there's a link here, the vaccine myth of the polio-free status. Um, polio vaccine caused 53,000 paralysis victims in india just last year alone okay so that's that's where we're at here um i am totally out of time here so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh end part three i believe here and we will go to part four next god bless you